0: Welcome to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset with me, Johnny Pardo. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about a very challenging subject for some men, which is erectile dysfunction. It's something that our guest, Eric, and even myself in the past have had a challenge with. So if you feel like this is something that's really, really affecting your life, then listen to the episode and take notes today. But after listening to the episode, if you want to take it further and get personal help, then don't hesitate to reach out to Eric. I will leave his information in the description of the episode where you can reach out to him. Eric, like myself, when he works with clients, likes to keep things confidential and private between himself and the client when you go and reach out to him. So if you are interested in working with Eric personally and progressing forward with this, then all you've got to do is message him the words self-confidence podcast. And as a valued listener of this podcast, he will be able to provide you a discount to work with him. So Enjoy today's episode, and let's get you into the show. Welcome back to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset podcast with me, Johnny Pardo. Today, I have a special guest on the episode with me. My guest today is Eric, where we're going to be talking about self-confidence and erectile dysfunction. Yes, you heard that correctly. We're going to be talking about something that affects many men out there that Eric has a speciality in. So welcome to the show, Eric. Thanks, Johnny. I'm, I love, I'm so appreciative of being here, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you being on to talk about the subject today and help a lot of people out there. And I love your work and respect so much for what you're doing. So just a quick introduction to Eric, and then you can go into his story a little bit more. So Eric is a coach helping men from their 20s upwards to deal with with issues in erectile dysfunction to help them work through that. So first of all, Eric, once again, I just want to say, as I was saying before the show, I've got so much respect for you and what you're doing, because obviously this can be quite a sensitive area for men to actually openly share that they're struggling with ED, like openly in the past, it's something I've had an issue with. I know it's something that was in the past of your story, but actually, Many of us can share our challenges, but this is really difficult for men to be open about. So the fact that someone's helping men with this challenge that can really, really impact their self-esteem and confidence is amazing. So I just wanted to thank you once again for being on the show. And if you could share a little bit more about your background and what got you into this area.
1: For sure, man. So basically I, um, I was in a, a marriage, I was married for about four years. And the second, like two years of those, um, me and her were like in a sexless marriage. And I ended up getting a job um, away from her and we ended up splitting up. But for those last two years, since we were in a sexless marriage, uh, I found pornography. And that's basically, um, I li- we lived in the same house, but we were sleeping in separate bedrooms. And so instead of me going out and trying to date women, cause I, I was still living with her, um, I found porn and basically it became this habit where I wasn't getting my emotional needs met. I wasn't getting any physical needs met, but porn seemed to check those boxes off for me. And so over the course of those two years and then finally we split up and I went and moved into my own place. And, um, and because of my job, I was, I was working as a golf caddy and I had to get up like at 5am and I got off work around 6pm enough time to go grab dinner, and come home and go to sleep to do it all the next day. I found this, you know, comfort in going home and watching porn by myself because I knew I had to wake up so early. And I told myself throughout this whole process, that even throughout the two years I was still married, I told myself that I was practicing for sex. Like I said, the next time I meet a girl who really, you know, I want to connect with and be intimate with, I'm going to show her what I know because I've been practicing so hard to sex by, by jerking off to porn. And um, the problem was... I didn't know what it was doing to me psychologically, and I didn't know there, there's a word that we we can get into later called desensitization, and everything about pornography is so desensitizing. It was completely taking me down this downward spiral, and um, you know, sure enough, I'm in. You know, I just got off work, and some friends are like, "Hey, let's go out to a bar. We haven't been out in a long time," and uh, and so I'm like, "Hey, you know what? Why not?" And at this point, it's about three solid years of me using porn um, and like no female experiences. Like I'm not, I haven't had sex in so long. I, I don't know any better, but um, I, we go out and I, I meet an old friend who is a girl and she's just like, oh my gosh, Eric, like, look at you. You're so grown up, wow, look at you. And uh, you know, we hit it off really well. And uh, we're at the bar, we're kind of kissing a little bit. And one thing leads to another and we end up going back to her place. And I can feel like in the car, like I'm excited. You know, I can feel down there. He's, he's awake, he's alive. And I can think, I remember saying to myself, like, this is the night, this is the night I, all my training comes to fruition. This is going to be so great. And uh, we get back to her place, you know, her place was closer than mine. And so we're sitting there, we're, we're kissing and we take off our clothes. And like, it went from like, An awesome fantasy where we were about to do something and I was excited. To the minute it became real, the minute, the second that we both got naked, I I felt this like drop of energy. And it was like from my my brain through my heart down to my cock where the lights went off. And I was just like, oh, that's weird. Like, what's going on here? And, you know, she tried. She tried for like 15, 20 minutes to, to help me, you know, get erect and nothing was going on it was it was like so limp and so worthless um i kind of got freaked out you know it was, it was a traumatic experience to say the least like all the training that i had done to get into this moment now has gone to like out out the window and i don't know what's going on because i've tra- i've been training so hard and so i ended up you know getting out of her house the walk of shame my head's down not knowing what i was doing um and not knowing what happened to me so I went home and the only thing I could think of was like, how do I test this? How, what what can I do to see if I'm really broken? So I, I turn on porn again and poof, the wiring lights back up and I'm able to get erect. And I, and I you know, I start jerking off, but then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm back. Let me, let me call this girl up. Let me see if I can actually perform with her. So I call her back up and I say, hey, I'm. I don't know what happened, but I'm back. Like I'm gonna come back over right now. So I get in my car and I rush over there. And if if you want to see how like sorry I was the first time, the second time that it happened was even worse. And I just she was like, what's going on here? Like, do you not like me? Am I ugly? Is, is this like you have a problem with who I am? Like, what's going on? And honestly, she was beautiful. She was everything that I would I could have wanted at the time, but there was something wrong with me. And of course I freaked out and I was like, I don't know what's going on. You know, it must just be the alcohol. I, I, I couldn't use the alcohol excuse because I used that the first time. Um, but it was just like this crazy experience that I knew something was wrong. And over the next couple of weeks, as I, you know, I was addicted to that point. To, well, not addicted, but I had this pull towards pornography where, um, I was just reading a study where they say that porn addiction isn't necessarily the right word for it. There's different brain waves light up when you watch porn versus a drug addict, but so there's something going on there where I, I was like drawn to it, and it was, you know, it was a lot of self worth issues. Um, there was, you know, a lot of different um, avenues I was trying to solve through porn, and um, and ultimately, what it led me to do was to find, you know, different avenues of, of help. And so I'm a veteran, so I was able to go to the VA. And the VA doctors, you know, bless their hearts, all they wanted to do was give me pills. They were like, here, here's some Viagra, you know, take this. We don't know why you're 29 years old and your erections don't work, but try this out. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. You know, there has to be. And so I just went online for, you know, months and months. But during that time, I was online looking for help. But during that time, you know, I continued to watch porn because of the draw to it. And the more that I watched porn, I recognized that even when I watched porn, my erections were actually getting worse. And then sometimes I would have to squeeze a little bit harder to, to get the job done. Or maybe I was watching a certain scene and I would get bored and I would have to like click to the next scene and then click to the next scene. And over the time I'd watch like, you know, 15 to 15 episodes, like halfway through each one, just because I was getting so bored and I was becoming desensitized again. And um, you know, there, there's three types of desensitization that we can talk about. The first one is uh, visual desensitization. So the girls that I was watching on the porn were like you know, f- massive fake breasts, super skinny waists, and the escalation of those like, breasts were getting bigger and bigger. And eventually when I saw a normal girl, she wasn't doing it for me. She couldn't stimulate me visually compared to what I was watching on porn. And then there's physical desensitization where you have to squeeze harder and harder and harder to get the same amount of stimulation. And then you have emotional desensitization. And that's what happens when your dopamine receptors get so overloaded and bombarded with all these chemicals because you keep on pushing the next button, new stimulus, next button, new stimulus, and all these dopamines just get shoved into your brain. And eventually you get so overloaded that the rest of your world just doesn't seem very exciting. Because you only get, or because you get so much stimulation from this one certain thing that nothing else seems to stimulate you. And that's where I fell into a depression. I started getting really anxious. Um, There was, you know, a lot of problems that stemmed from that. But that's ultimately what led me on my journey to fix, you know, to reverse my erectile dysfunction. I was honestly, I was in the best shape of my life. I was a, I was a golf caddy, like I said, and I carried these golf bags on my shoulders for, you know, these really rich guys at this golf club. And I was in awesome shape. Like it wasn't about blood flow. It, I didn't have a blood flow problem. There was something else going on. And it, it was the wiring in my brain that was, you know, led, it came, came from porn. And so and that's kind of a long version, but I hope I answered the question there for you.
0: No, absolutely. Thanks for um, you know being so open with the story and and sharing. So, it it sounds like porn was predominantly a a big you know challenge in in your kind of situation. And is porn usually the thing that you find's a challenge with other people who you've spoken with or perhaps worked with?
1: Yeah, it's porn is the major one, but I and I hate to say that it's like there's other aspects of dopamine that get, a, that gets uh, overlooked, but it can also be like Instagram even, or Facebook. When you, if you want to chase this rabbit hole of looking for girls who have, you know, big breasts and, you know, Facebook and Instagram don't let you show nudity, but you can still see girls in bikinis. You can see girls, um, you know, doing provocative things. And so if you go down that pathway and you're swiping, past hundred photos you're you know going you're scrolling through all these feeds that's the same channel that the pornography channel wants to chase it's like what's next what's next what's next and you keep going down this rabbit hole and as you do that that's also overloading your dopamine receptors and so and that has a negative impact on your erections and so it's not just porn it's it's a lot of different things when we're seeking this dopamine pathway
0: yeah yeah, no, that's understandable. You got lots of filters on on these kind of Facebook and Instagram, you know, flash mm-hmm. up our life or even flash also, up faces. Sorry. Yeah.
1: also dating sites like like uh, like mm-hmm. Tinder and stuff. You know, guys go through there and they swipe right, and you know, the, and as they swipe on each girl's photo, they they like that girl. They think in their brain for a moment has like this um, like a flash of like, oh my gosh, this could be my next girlfriend. And it wants to reward you. So it shoots you a little bit of dopamine. And then you swipe right on her and it's like, boom, you get a match. And your brain also sends you more dopamine for that because you get a match, but you're not actually dating her. You didn't actually meet her. And there's like this, the path of least resistance, like all you have to do is sit on your toilet and you can swipe Mm -hmm. and meet the the love of your life, you know, but then because you don't yeah. Yeah, you think so then you keep swiping and boom you get another match boom more chemicals and then you keep swiping boom you get another match boom more chemicals and the act of doing that over time it it totally like derails your your receptors and um and the act of doing that actually I found with numerous guys that I've worked with that can actually cause erectile dysfunction because they're not actually working for these chemicals and they're getting bombarded with them and they're overloading themselves. And then what they see in real life doesn't excite them anymore.
0: And that directly
1: influences their, their penile brain pathway.
0: Really interesting. Yeah. With, with the dating apps, never kind of thought it like that. I'm, I must admit, I'm not a massive fan of, even though I'm a single guy at the moment, I'm not a massive fan of dating apps. I've always got on better with you know girls are met out and about somewhere, but mm-hmm. I know it's it's kind of a very common thing dating apps right now. And you get one match, you think you're a stud or whatever, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> got two matches, you've got all these beautiful women after you. But actually, it's more than that. But our brains try to it is like, oh, dopamine release. This this instant yeah. gratification, this this world we live in. So uh yeah, that does make sense when you explain it like that, rather than it just being um. Uh, just being necessarily porn, but obviously porn in, in your, like what you've described sounds like it is a big impact and uh, mm-hmm. of other people we've worked with as well. So um, I know we, we mentioned at the start you were with guys who are 20 and above. Um, mm-hmm. Now, typically like ED is something that a lot of, uh, it's thought of as like maybe older guys experiencing it more than the younger guys. Uh, but actually, from your story, from people you've worked with, um, it can be something that we actually do experience in our earlier years, in earlier twenties. So, mm-hmm. would you would you say you you know you've seen that as a case with a lot of guys in their twenties?
1: Absolutely. And the the thing is, like, if you think about an older man, like, say, somebody fifty years and above you know, when they were growing up, like when they were 20 or 15 or whatever, you know, they had to go inside of their, their dad's room and sneak their Playboy magazines or whatever they were. And that was their source of stimulation was these magazines that they had to open up. And, you know, if they wanted to jerk off to them, they could, but it was like a still, you know, motionless picture. And now fast forward kids these days have pornography on their cell phones. And these kids are getting cell phones at such a young age. And it's no fault of the parents. It's like the kids are smart enough to get through any kind of firewalls or any kind of blocking systems and they can actually find this stuff. And by the time they turn 20, you know, they have like 10 years worth of porn under their belt and they don't understand why they can't connect with girls. And they don't understand why their erections don't work because they're only 20 years old. They're healthy. They have everything going on for them in their life, but they can't get an erection. And so that's kind of the disconnect is like, how can we help these guys who are seemingly in awesome shape, great health, but they don't have functional penises. That's, that's the question that I help them solve.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, healthy, like you said, you were obviously being a golf caddy and, and 29. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily a, well, it doesn't sound like it was at all like a physical problem. It was more that, that mental wiring in the brain uh, that exactly. you have to get through a little bit. So how kind of, like from, from obviously your own experience and other guys as well, how damaging do you see kind of the effects on them psycho- psychologically? Um, when they're, you know, keeping this bottled up?
1: Great question. The I'll, I'll just, I'll start with the end here. The, the best news about this is that due to neural pathways, and what we're learning about the brain is that this stuff is reversible. Mm. But to get to that point, man, there's a lot of work that has to be done mentally. And it's really all about changing their habits. And so the guys that I find in the very beginning you know, they're, they're stuck, or the, the guys that come to me in the very beginning, they seem to be stuck in their lives. They're not able to, um, you know, take action. They don't have very positive self talk. Everything they've been doing, like if they, if they use porn to solve an emotional need, like they're lonely, they're bored, they're depressed, if they're stuck in this loop where porn is the only source of enjoyment they can find in their life, it's a hard thing for them to deal with giving it up. And anytime they try to do like no fap or they try to just not masturbate, it's like they go through this flatline period where the dopamine receptors are saying, hey, give us what we want. We are we're we're the ones running the show here. You need to be with me. You need to start stimulating me. And when you stop doing that, you actually hit this flatline period. And for most men, they don't they can't handle it. It's like the flatline period is. It's the worst depression you can go through, well not not the worst, but for these guys it's very it's very bad uh depression and so they end up giving in um, what I find what I so with when they're in their comfort zone like they don't want to change like they want to change from the outside in, but they're not willing to do what it takes to reach that change they keep hitting up this against this this terror barrier is what I call it where you know, the, the act of changing is going to require shifting habits and they're not quite sure what that looks like, but they're not exactly happy where they are, but they're scared of what it would have to take to get to the next level. And, um, (laughs) I think I just lost my train of thought right there, but, uh, Yeah, I think I just lost my train of thought. So. <laughs> right, no,
0: and so kind of they're they're at the stage where they they're really, um, it, it's it's difficult for them. There's a lot of work that they've got to go through, obviously, but um, you know, they think yes. I guess I guess it comes down to the pain of not changing and them actually coming to that realization is is why they kind of might approach you or actually want to start making the change. That exactly.
1: Yes. And that, that's what I wanted to add. There's, it's not so much work, but it is a habit change. It's like, they're doing things right now in their lives that have led them to get to where they are. When I was, you know, when I first started experiencing erectile dysfunction, I had been watching porn like solidly for like three years. And I was, I could feel myself going down this slippery slope. And I didn't really want to admit it because I knew that, something wasn't right. Like every time I had to squeeze a little bit harder or if I got bored when I watched one of my favorite shows, it was, I knew something wasn't right, but I, I couldn't admit it to myself until finally, you know, I hit a brick wall and I was with a girl and it wasn't working. But the act of getting back, it's not like you have to go run a four minute mile or you have to like bench press, you know, a hundred kilos or something like that. It's like, it's just little switches in your day-to-day life. Like you, you take what had gotten you to that point and you stop doing that. And you start adding positive habits into your life, things that you can actually do on a daily basis to get you back to where you want to be. And for most of these guys, they just don't understand what habits are causing them to, to do this. They might know that it's porn, but they might not know that it's actually social media as well. It's also dating sites. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple other things that they're doing on a daily basis that's leading them down this path of erectile dysfunction. And so finding out what those are and then stopping them And then just adding in some positive things and, you know, really working from the inner game, like really like, I mean, I was probably at the the deepest part of my depression was when I was going through my ED and, um, you know, because I felt like a loser. I I was 29 and I felt like I I could never be a father again. Um, I didn't have any, I didn't have a girlfriend. I wasn't dating anyone. And it was just this um, pretty sorry point in my life. And so it was through working on my inner game. And it's by helping these guys work through their inner game to actually feel confident again, have that self-esteem risen up. And so then they can start to take the actions necessary to start to switch from erectile dysfunction, to be able to be the person who can stay in a healthy relationship.
0: No, it's, um, uh, it's a great, and obviously, like I said, it's a, an amazing thing to be doing. So it sounds like it kind of leads back to, as, as most, you know, most things I kind of talk on the show about comes back to kind of that self-awareness and recognizing Mm -hmm. what's what's impacting you and therefore what you need to replace it with things like okay I'm not meeting this need uh what you know why am I watching porn what's it what's it to meet what's the need I'm trying to meet a little bit and actually therefore you might work with them a little bit on finding a different habit to replace it uh that's going to meet it in a more healthier ways, whether it's a more intense exercise or whether it's, um, you know, spending time with good people or whatever. Is that a little mm-hmm. bit what you do?
1: That's part of it. Yeah. The, the first thing that and I, I want to share with you a, a trick that I'll teach all my guys. And the first thing I always help them with is finding their own replacement behaviors. And replacement behaviors are so crucial because they're what you do the second that you get triggered or guys get triggered to watch porn or to get on Instagram when they know they're not, they don't really want to, like if you are working you know, late at night sending emails and all of a sudden you get bored or lonely or depressed and like you should get a shot that says, boom, maybe you should open up Instagram. But you know that every time you open up Instagram, you start scrolling, it leads you to porn. Like, you know, the pathway that it takes. And so the second that you get that sh- that jolt of like, hey, maybe you should open up Instagram, the first thing that I always recommend doing is getting out of the environment, just standing up and walking out, walking out of the room. Um, you know, the house that I used to live in, I lived on the second floor. So I would have to walk out of my house and I would walk around the block and the block. I was actually living in Florida then. And the block was like huge. I mean, it wasn't a normal block and it would take me about 15 to 20 minutes to walk around the block one time. And I would take my time. And it was just be something that I would do to let those chemicals kind of subside. Now I've learned that the chemicals themselves take about 30 minutes to subside. So when I got done from walking around my house, I would go back inside and I would just stand in the kitchen and I would just drink some water, just take another 10 to 15 minutes and just slowly sip on some water, hydrate a little bit and just know that, you know, that was a test. There's that's a muscle that you want to build so that you can stop falling victim to, to your habits. You know, that that's a habit that you get, the guys, you know, pick up their phone sometimes without it even ringing. It's the same thing when they feel that temptation to jerk off to porn. It's like, it's almost unconscious. The next thing they know they're pantsered by their ankles and the job's done. And before they, you know, they don't even realize what they're doing half the time. Sometimes they do. And it's like a conscious decision. They're like, ah, screw it. I'm, I'm lonely. I'm bored. I'm just going to do it anyways. I don't care. And then they feel even worse afterwards, after the fact, because that's when the shame and the guilt and all these other you know negative feelings come through. But, um, it's the self-awareness of knowing your routine, knowing what you're doing, and being able to do something, to take action consistently to, to work you know, around this problem, because it is a problem, and it's very workable if guys can take awareness about it and actually do something to stop it.
0: Mm, awesome. So kind of like a pattern interrupt to uh, yeah. being aware and then interrupting the pattern a little bit. Exactly. A lot like what you said about coming out of your environment as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Another thing that I would do is I would have like a rubber band or uh, some kind of a bracelet where I would snap it. And there's some kind of, I, I don't know the exact science behind it, but when you snap your wrist, it's painful. And then you take it from one side to put it on your other wrist. And that's like a, another pattern interrupt. It's like, okay, I don't want to do this behavior, but it, it just happens. So I'm going to snap it, take it off, put it back on the other wrist, and then you know you go on live your life but if it happens again you snap this side and then you pull it onto this other wrist. and the act of doing that kind of brings it to your awareness like oh my gosh i do this three times per day i, I noticed that, that that's a problem for me and by by doing the snap technique you can actually like understand like oh i did it again oh my gosh i did it again and that just brings more awareness to the problem too
0: mm. oh i like that trick as well uh yeah, making you realize it a little bit more with and swapping risks. That's quite an interesting one as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So obviously, um, you mentioned earlier that a lot of the guys perhaps you've spoken to or you know of have, have this kind of uh, negative view of life or themselves. So is kind of working on their self-talk something you encourage them to, to do, like from the early early stages?
1: Absolutely. Um, one of the biggest factors of everything that I teach is about, you know, raising your self-worth because that's the reason why most of these guys and myself were in a place where we, we went to, um, I, I didn't start watching porn because I was so happy. You know, I, I didn't, you know, become addicted to porn because my life was so great. It was like, I was using it as a crutch to find some kind of positive thing in my life. And, uh, and hey, Naked Women at the moment was, was doing it for me. In the beginning, that's, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for that kind of um, you know, sexual connection because that's not what I was getting. But as I found that the more I fell down this loop, the worse I talked to myself. And I would say, oh my gosh, I knew I didn't want to do that. Eric, you're so stupid. Why did you do that? You knew you shouldn't have done it. And then as I started having more experiences with girls that were negative, but I couldn't stop watching porn It was like, I knew that I shouldn't watch porn because I wanted to have better experiences with girls, but I couldn't have better experiences with girls because I was watching too much porn. And so what I ended up doing was like staying in my house all the time, like not going out, not going on dates, not meeting up with friends, because I was so afraid that things would go well. Like what happens if things go well and I meet another girl and she wants to go home with me? I I just don't think I could handle that. And so I became like a hermit where I just stayed in my room and, you know, Netflix became a very good friend of mine and I just stayed in my room. I didn't do anything. And, um, you know, out in public though, when I was at work, when I was at the grocery store, I was a pretty normal guy. When I'd go to family, you know, uh, get togethers for Thanksgiving and Christmas, nobody could really tell that I was so broken on the inside, but it, it, it was this great, like, Facade that I was playing, where on the outside I was so good, but on the inside, I, I really I did not like who I was at all, and uh, and I didn't know what was wrong with me. I couldn't understand why I could get hard to porn, but why with a real beautiful woman in my bed I couldn't get hard. So the the route back was like starting to change my self talk. It was like how do I talk to myself? Like how would I would I allow anybody else in, in my life to talk to me the way that I talk to me? Like no way! Like I, I was my worst critic. I told myself how stupid I was all the time, and it was by really understanding what I talk about when I what what I say when I talk to myself, and that how that really was able to shift, you know, who I became, and I did that through like journaling. I did it through you know deep like getting deep on some questions and just understanding, um, you know who I was and what I was trying to accomplish, and they, they came in the form of affirmations, you know, rep, written repetition. Just saying, you know, um, you know, I love myself every day in every way. I'm getting better and better and better. Like just rewriting these things and just starting to feel the emotions of how those feel. And honestly, like that shifted my whole life. And um, and of course, there are some actual physical habits that I I teach men that can help them reverse their erectile dysfunction and really, you know, help them to regroup their their penile brain connection neural pathway. But if you don't have the mental game ironed out, then you know, most of the time the, the erectile dysfunction work isn't going to help you as much um, because it's just, the, you're not the type of guy that actually takes those consistent actions to get the results that he's looking for.
0: Absolutely. So I'm just thinking, obviously, when you're, you know, we're, we're talking about now, we've got these, these kind of like logical steps, but when you're kind of in that place of, uh, you know, ED being a problem in life and you're, you're emotionally, you're kind of all over the place, like you. You obviously very openly have shared where you've been. Like I said, I've I've been there in the past as well, and it's uh, before even working on my confidence and everything like that. And it was very very negative talk. It was a very dark place. Mm-hmm. Um, but for someone perhaps in that that kind of like dark place of oh, it's not working, I'm I'm really struggling right now. What's perhaps one easy or simple step? Well, not perhaps not easy, but what's perhaps one simple, small step they can take? Hmm,
1: that's a great question. I think that that's a great question. I think probably being hmm well, there's, there's two things that I want to say, and they might be the same thing, but the first one is like making friends with the worst thing that can happen. And what I mean by that is by becoming okay that you have ED right now, just know that it's a, it's a thing you have it and you don't have to have it forever. But if you fight yourself, if you, if you're in denial that you have it and you're like, well, maybe it might come back. If I continue on the same path that I'm on right now, maybe it'll just magically come back. Like that's never going to get you anywhere. But if you can say, okay, I got it. That's, I actually, can do something about it once I understand that it's here, and um, and then you can actually take actions. You know, I, it's it's. There. I see. I talk with so many guys who know who are in such pain, but they're just like, "Oh, yeah, I think I might just uh, it might just get better on its own. You know, let, let's just wait a little bit. It might get better." And so, making friends with the worst thing that can happen is like, okay, mm-hmm. if I don't get this fixed, I'm I'm not going to be a father. You know, if I don't get this fixed. Then you know I'm never going to make love to another girl again. Like my life is not going to be the same. I'm not going to have the same emotions, the same relationships. Like understanding that the worst thing that can happen is pretty bad, but there's a way out. Like understanding that there is a way out of this, especially if you're pretty healthy. If it's if, it's, if you're not on any kind of hardcore medications or you're, um, you know, there's not something physically wrong with you, like you severed nerves in your erection or in your penis. Like there's a way out. Um, and the next thing is like, let's say you have a partner and you are struggling with erectile dysfunction. And it's like this huge thing and your relationship starting to suffer because of it, you can actually, you know, (laughs) I say, make friends with it, like become okay with being soft. Like it's such a mindset shift when you're stressed out in the bedroom because you can't perform and you're all you can think about is your lack of performance and that's it. But when you can flip the script And this is something that we do. It's like, you pretend that the goal is to stay soft. Like literally pretend that's your goal. See how long you can stay soft for. And if you happen to stay soft all night, that's okay. Because you just won. You just, you won that night's game. Like the game was never to get hard. And so, but as you start to become okay with having erectile dysfunction, you're not treating it as like this plague or this problem. It's like, okay, there's some rewiring that needs to be done. And by becoming okay with it, you're telling your body that you're safe in the bedroom. When you're there with a girl, you're not you're not in pain. You're not like a, a saber-toothed tiger is not going to come and get you. But when you feel that erectile dysfunction and that trauma, that tr- that traumatic feeling comes over you, this anxiety, like oh my gosh, I am soft, I'm in danger. Your heart starts pounding, and it's sending all these signals to you, this fight or flight response, is saying, you know, take blood away from the genitals. Put blood into the arms and legs because we either got to fight or we got to flight. Okay, this is what we really got to do. This this is not time for sex. And by you telling yourself that you're not safe, you're never going to get an erection in the bedroom. But by becoming okay with it, channeling all your relaxation and saying, okay, this is how I'm showing up today. I got a girl in the bed. This girl wants to help me. Hopefully it's not the first time you experience it. Like if this is for people in relationships who can actually work through this, like understanding like, it can get better, but if the more you fight it, the more you think there's something wrong with you, the, the longer it's going to take to fix.
0: No, that's some some great advice. One, being honest with yourself. Uh, And and I've always hear this generally across the personal growth world. It's the, you know, progress starts with the truth. So Mm -hmm. actually being honest where you are. And then the second one, um, is about obviously not, not, it's probably easier said than done definitely but Mm. you know being in that place where okay actually uh let's not panic because it's you know nothing's going to get better then because if we feel more and more unsafe um like you say Mm. so some great some great tips there so eric i've really really enjoyed our conversation today but are there any kind of final points you would would leave us with
1: yeah i think that it's like understanding that where guys are when they when they find me they're stuck in their comfort zone when i when i had ed at the worst moment even though i was in the most pain psychologically that i've ever been in i didn't necessarily want to get help it was like this crazy feeling like um, the coach that i ended up hiring had to stay on the phone with me for about you know, an extra 45 minutes after I said no for the first time. And he stayed with me and he helped me understand and helped me feel my pain to a point where I was like, okay, yes. And then once I was there, like that was my terror barrier, right? I didn't want, to, I didn't know what was on the other side of that. So that's like the fear zone. But once I crossed that barrier, I was on the other side of my terror. There's something called the learning zone. This is where we start to help guys learn how to deal with these changes, learn what their life could look like without the struggles that they've been finding. They actually get to acquire new skills. They get to extend their comfort zone into new areas and learn how to relate to themselves, learn how to relate to other people. And then ultimately, we push them into the growth zone where you find a purpose. You know, life isn't about Netflix. Life isn't about staying on your couch all alone. You know, life should be about finding out what your goals are, what your dreams are, and living a life to get there. You know, and then when you reach those goals, how do you set new goals and conquer new objectives and live this life of passion and just enjoyment? And if we if we can help you find it with a girl next to you, um, you know, I was single when I started this journey. I didn't have anybody that could help me with these exercises, with this that we have solo exercises and partner exercises, but you have to get started sometime. And so I know how hard it is in the beginning to push through that initial barrier, but what's on the other side of that is just greatness. It's, it's growth and it's greatness. And um, you know, I just hope that I can help as many guys as possible. Ultimately, my goal is to reach a million men. I, I wanna help a million men reverse their erectile dysfunction. And I think that I can do it because of how rampant it is. It's just a matter of me being able to get through to them so I can help them on a, on a greater scale.
0: Awesome mission. Yeah. And, uh, thinking, thinking, you know, hitting a million. So fantastic. Love that about the the growth as well. And, you know, I I think we should all have a purpose and it's all going to vary from person to person. So, uh, some great, some great last words there, Eric. So Eric, uh, where can, where can people find you or reach out to you if they want to find out more about your work or perhaps might need some guidance? Yeah, man.
1: Um, right now my major platform is Facebook. And so you can search my, you know, we'll drop a link in the description maybe, and you can search for me there. Um, But that's really where I hang out mostly. And, uh, you know, that's that's really where I connect with all the guys that I, I work with.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we'll be sure to put the link to your Facebook in the description so people can reach out. So once again, Eric, a big thank you for all the value you've given today and your time on the show. Thanks so much, Johnny. I appreciate you letting me be here. Thanks, man. Awesome. So that concludes our episode for today. But remember, work on your self-confidence every single day.